0: and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale. Four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over two million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC AMAC.us slash just news. That's amacus forward just news. Hello America. Welcome to the first edition of the John Solomon Reports Podcast for 2022. Happy New Year. So glad you're joining us. So grateful for all of your listenership and support and great ideas in 2021. And we hope to make 2022 an even better year here at the podcast, here at Just the News. We've got uh, bigger interviews on the way. We've got some exciting new investigative projects and We're going to try to make a podcast every day that is worth listening to. And tomorrow, uh, we have a very special guest with a very newsy hook. Definitely tune in tomorrow for our podcast with current Secretary of State of Georgia, Brad Raffsenberger. We're going to talk about all the questions. We're going to talk about that Trump call. We're going to talk about non-citizen voting and is it a threat? And why is the Secretary pushing for a constitutional amendment in Georgia And we're going to talk about some topics that I don't think a lot of Democrats want to hear about called harvesting, ballot harvesting. Uh, We're going to break some news about that tomorrow, the possible investigation in Georgia. Tune in. I think there's a lot of news, a whole new direction for election integrity to be taking a look at in the course of 2022. We're still resolving some, not all, but some of the questions of 2022. And I hope you tune in for that. Now, today, I'm going to do a couple quick headlines and then I'm going to take a break. And then when we come back, I want to talk about some of the big questions that need to be resolved in 2022. This will be The one or two shows of the year where I just spend time talking to you about what my reporting, what my sources are telling me about the big picture here in Washington, in the States, with the election, many different things that are percolating in the world today. Kind of a big picture start of the year before we get down into the rhythm of big investigations, big interviews, big newsmakers. I wanted to just take a little time and talk about Some of the stories that are the bigger themes, some of the questions that Washington and America need to answer before we head into another election season in the fall of 2022, where, of course, Congress is up for grabs. So we're going to do that today. But first, let's take a quick commercial break here from those great sponsors, those great advertisers that make this show possible. Then we'll come back. We'll do a couple hits on stories that I find really interesting right now that were broken over the last few days on just the news. And then we'll go and take the big picture look at what's going on and what questions hover over this great country of America at the start of 2022. First, a quick word from our sponsors and advertisers. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title and your first 30 days of Triple Lock Home Title Protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time, go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity, in your home. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and is not a substitute or alternative for care from a healthcare provider. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. So glad you've joined us for the first John Solomon Reports podcast of 2022. We hope you had a blessed holiday season, that your Christmas was merry and your New Year's bright, and that you enter this new year with not only just resolve, but some peace and some relaxation from a great holiday season. I want to step back and take a look at a couple of stories that have been kicking around in the Just the News world today, stories that we broke. One of them goes back over the weekend, a little bit older now, but it's such an important story. The new Secretary of State of uh, Texas, a guy named John Scott, he was appointed, I believe, in October He immediately launched an election audit and said, listen, I just want to kick the tires on every aspect of voting. He wasn't looking for fraud. There were no sensational allegations, but he just wanted to look and stress test the system going into 2022. As you know, Democrats are always talking about capturing Texas, and they got Beto O'Rourke again running against someone. Now, this time it'll be Governor Abbott. Of course, he ran against Ted Cruz, ran against a lot of other people, but Democrats have big ambitions in Texas, but thus far, they really haven't made that many gains. But the stress test resulted in its first results, and those results came out over the weekend. I wrote about them. You can check them out on a story on the site called Texas Election Audit identifies nearly 12,000 foreigners suspected of registering to vote. You heard me right. They went through their millions of voters on the voter rolls, and according to Secretary of State John Scott of Texas, there were just below, just under 12,000 non-citizens, meaning foreigners, who appear to have registered and got successfully registered to vote. Most of them were in the big areas around Houston and Dallas, where there are much more larger foreign-born populations. It is, of course, illegal in Texas for foreigners to vote. And there are systems in place already for the state and four counties to flag or stop or prevent a foreigner from registering. But apparently, they don't work perfectly. And that's why the Texas Secretary of State, John Scott, did this stress test, just to make sure that maybe they had too much confidence. Well, they found, according to him, 11,737 potential non-U.S. citizens who were registered to cast ballots in the state. And some of the counties have been slow to take this information and act on it, But thus far, 2,000, a little more more than 2,000, of the 11,737 have been removed from the rolls. That means that the counties have concluded they were, in fact, non-citizens, not eligible to vote. And now of those 2,000, the state is going back to find out if they ever voted in a prior election and violated the law. There could be prosecutions. But think about that. 2,000 confirmed already, just in a few weeks in this thing, and a potential pull of 11,737, nearly 12,000 foreigners may have gotten through and successfully registered to vote. And now the question is, did they cast ballots? John Scott, the new Secretary of State in Texas, is on this case. It's something important to watch. I also want to mention a couple of other things that he pointed out. As they were cleaning up the rolls and auditing it, they found 224,585 deceased residents that had to be removed from the rolls on the last day of 2021. That's a big number. It shows you how quickly voter rolls are changing. And tomorrow when I have my interview with the Georgia Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, we're going to talk about this cuz what is happening is that there is legal requirements under federal law that states can't clean their voter rolls in a 90-day window around federal elections. Well, as more and more elections occur, because there are runoffs and then there are resignations and retirements and special elections, the windows and period of time to clean voter rolls is getting smaller and smaller. In the case of Georgia, they really weren't able to do a successful purge of the voter rolls for nearly a whole year. This is an area where Congress needs to intervene and create new windows, create new recognitions that voter rolls need to be cleaned. And if the current 90 day windows don't work, create a solution that goes there because think about what Texas found. Nearly a quarter million voters needed to be removed from the voter rolls just because they died or had moved from the state. That is a big, big deal. Also, another important thing that he found, there were 67 people who voted in November, 2020 who were dead, meaning people voted in the name of a deceased person. That's one of the largest numbers. Now, 67 is not going to swing an election, but it does show that the system isn't catching all unlawful votes. And what the Secretary of State did is he cross-referenced people who may have voted in Texas and another state, and he found 509, 509 cross-state duplicate voters, meaning people who may have voted in Texas and then went and voted in another state. We live in this era of great mobility. Sometimes people have homes in different states. You're only allowed to vote once. you got to pick your state and vote it. He found 500-plus cases of that. So just think through. This is the first wave of the audit. There's still more phases. But 12,000, nearly 12,000 foreigners might have gotten through Texas' system and registered to vote. And now they're checking to see how many did vote. Two, a quarter million people had to be removed from the rolls in a single year telling you how volatile the rolls are as people move and die. And then 500 people in Texas may have also voted in another state. We're still refining and getting election integrity refined and fixed and better. And those who tell you the system is great and that anyone who asks questions are simply engaged in voter suppression, I say this, look at what we just found in Texas. Look at what the Texas Secretary of State found. Big enough numbers to pay attention to. We don't want 12,000 foreigners on any voting roll in a state where it's illegal to vote as a foreigner. We don't want dead people on the voter rolls where they could accidentally be voted for. We don't want people voting in two states and, and having a double say in an election. All these things were found by the Secretary of State. Again, not in large numbers that would say swing a big election like a presidential election, but even small things add up, and they add up in this department more than anything else. They add up in the question of confidence. If people see these things, they become less confident and they're maybe less likely to vote. And that is why it's so important to resolve and button down these things. We're the greatest democracy in the world. We're the greatest constitutional republic in the world. Getting voting right, so that every lawful person gets one vote and it's counted shouldn't be that hard. It's not rocket science. And I think the Texas Secretary of State has shown us that while we have a pretty good system there is room for improvement and in the thousands, maybe in the tens of thousands, according to the Texas Secretary of State. Very important thing. Now, a second thing I thought was an important story over the weekend. Republicans are pretty giddy. They're pretty excited. They're pretty confident that they're going to win the November 2022 election and capture at least the House and possibly the House and Senate in Congress again, create a more powerful check on the power of President Biden. But I will say two things, as I always do elections are still a long way off we're 11 months away from elections and that means that a lot of history can happen omicron could become worse it could be the great immunizer and the pandemic goes away and people's confidence go up but here's something that a lot of people aren't watching but my good colleague madeline hubbard who works for us and does a lot of great journalism she joined us a couple months ago one of a big favorite of hers really thinks she's a fantastic reporter bringing a lot of Insight in finding stories that other people aren't paying attention to. They're through redistricting, which occurs every 10 years based on the census. Democratic states have been able to add six Democratic leaning seats to the House, meaning they've taken districts that might have been slightly red or toss ups and made them more Democrat. That means that. They may have gained an advantage in states like California, New York, and Illinois. Keep an eye on redistricting because it can have an impact that cuts against the natural trend lines. Yes, the polls right now show people are frustrated with President Biden and Democratic rule and some of these policies like critical race theory. But we're a long way off. They're frustrated by the pandemic, the fact that the president declared it over when it wasn't. Uh, Now the president wants to say there's no federal solution when he promised a federal solution. But these are passing issues. And things like redistricting have a significant impact and can change the outlooks in a state or in a district or in an entire country. Keep an eye on this very important story that Madeline Hubbard did. Redistricting has so far given Democrats six seats ahead of the 2022 midterms, according to this new analysis. Check it out at Just the News, one of the reasons why. We do what we do. We try to find stories that you might not hear from others, that you might be missing falling below the radar. And here is one of those stories. The redistricting could be one of those ways that Democrats overcome some of the momentum that Republicans have going into the 2022 election. Finally, I want to go to the COVID front before we take a commercial break. The Navy and the Air Force, our U.S. military, have been getting a lot of troops, airmen, Soldiers, Marines, others who have applied for religious exemptions from the COVID vaccine mandate that all military people face. Now, as you know, some have been separated from the military for refusing to get their vaccinations. That number is now in the thousands. One of the places where there's grave concern is in the special forces, the Navy SEALs. But those who are applying According to the documents obtained by Just the News, there is only one letter that's been drafted by the military leadership, and that is a blanket rejection letter. Uh, our sources gave us only one language so this is the only letter they were given, and meaning that they're not really judging these exemption requests on the merits. Everybody's just getting rejected. If that is true, if the reporting done by Natalia Middlestad on our staff is accurate, that there is a blanket letter. It could potentially be a violation of law. There are several lawyers looking at this right now, but the fact that there is only one set of documentation sent to the field does raise the question about whether there was just a blanket say no to everybody who wants a religious exemption, something we're digging into We're asking Congress about, but an important story and one that we should all be paying attention to. Very important stories there. Good work. Check out Just the News 24-7. We've got you covered day in and day out because that's what we do. We try to get you stories that others don't have, get you the breaking news so that when you stop by and when you stop by to read or watch, we have stories you can't find anywhere else and that are current and up to date. Check it out. Very important set of stories on our site. All right, we're going to take another commercial break. When we come back, I want to give a few minutes to talk to you about some of the big issues I think are going to need to be resolved in 22, the big questions that we all need answered. We're going to tackle some of those based on my reporting, based on more than a, two dozen interviews I did over the holidays. I think you'll have a pretty fun time going through these. You'll probably have a lot of them on your list as well. But let's go to a quick commercial break, hear from our incredible sponsors and advertisers who make this show possible, and then we'll come back and talk about that list. IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit TNUSA.com slash Just News. That's TNUSA.com slash Just News. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. So glad you've been with us. This will be the only show probably of the year where I just, talk and we don't have guests. I wanted to set the playing field for 2022 based on a lot of reporting I did over the holidays, a lot of important things going on in the country, a lot of important things being debated. And I wanted to come up with five questions that I say need to be answered in 2022. We don't know how they're going to be answered yet because history hasn't played out. We haven't done the reporting, but I do think we have some inklings and some insights based on the interviews we've done, based on recent developments. And let me just start. There was a poll, several polls, in the last week of December that, in which most Americans, the majority of Americans, said 2021 was a horrible year. One they're not happy with, one they would be glad to be get rid of, good riddance. But what made that year so frustrating, so demoralizing, so uncertain? And I think some of those elements start with the pandemic. We thought... When we hired Joe Biden as president, that he, as he said, would get this pandemic under control, be done. He declared victory in July and then Delta and Omicron came along and proved him wrong. And quite frankly, we, we're we seeing case numbers bigger than at any time in American history. Maybe some fewer hospitalizations and deaths, which is a good thing. But one of the things I think we learned in 2021 was the big government federal solution guaranteed to fix COVID-19 it didn't work. It didn't work for a lot of reasons. One, the science is constantly shifting. Two, there isn't a lot of creative thinking in the top echelons of the federal bureaucracy. It's vaccines are bust in some cases. Not enough attention to therapeutics like some governors are doing at the state level. But I think 2021 answered the question that could the federal government conquer the pandemic in a year? And the answer overwhelmingly ended up at the end of the year. No, they couldn't. In fact, so much so that Joe Biden, the guy who ran on the idea that he would create the ultimate federal solution to the pandemic, ended the year by saying there is no federal solution. It's going to get down to what the states do. That is such a flip-flop. It's almost historic. We've covered that. You saw it on the site. We've talked about it on the show already. But the question for 2022 is, will we be in a continuous pandemic? Will COVID keep changing and altering faster than vaccines, faster than doctors can keep up with, or is Omicron sort of a secret immunizer that gets us all sick quickly, but not seriously in most cases, and then we all have a herd immunity that gives us a break from this horrific disease that has claimed more than 800,000 American lives, millions of lives globally. That's the question we need to find out. And if that's the case, If it turns out that Omicron and herd immunity is the solution, what will we, if anything, learn from the way we approach this? From flattening the curve at the beginning of the Trump campaign to mandating vaccines that turned out to be leaky, but they're not totally useless, but they're leaky. Having vaccines that have side effects that concern people. Will we learn anything? Did we not put enough emphasis on... Therapeutics and treating the sickness rather than trying to prevent it alone, which we didn't do a good job of. These are big questions, and they'll start with the answers to these. We'll start with what experience we have in 2022. Is Omicron one that gives us a break from the pandemic? And do we move to endemic status, meaning there's always going to be a COVID around, but it's not as serious and it's more episodic? I don't know. Some of the epidemiologists think we might be heading in that direction. But whatever happens, the question that we have to ask ourselves is Is 2022 the year we get some learnings? Where self reflection, not arrogance, where humility, not medical certainty, where we look with clear eyes to what we did right and what we did wrong in the pandemic so that we can learn from it and be prepared for the next one? God forbid there is a next one. But I think that's the big question that overrides everything. The second question is, what is happening to our economy? What will happen to our economy? Does inflation continue to burn bright in 2022? Do the labor shortages and supply chain shortages continue? If so, the November 2022 election will be a pocketbook issue. And almost certainly, Democrats will pay a steep price for a bad economy. Bad economies in mid-tier elections always come at the expense of the ruling party in Washington, and in this case, Washington's under 100% Democratic control. House, Senate, and the White House are all under Democratic control. I think that's a very big development, a very big question that has to be answered in 2022. Now, one that's more important to my heart, my reporting, my work over the years, is will there be more accountability to the FBI, to the Clinton campaign, to those involved in the perpetration of what was really the greatest political dirty trick ever carried out under the color of law, the Russia collusion hoax. There is clear signs as we enter this year that John Durham is clearly two very active and different grand jury investigations going on. One is the focused on the Clinton campaign and did Clinton campaign people know what they were providing to the FBI was erroneous in the case of Michael Sussman. He's been indicted as the former lawyer to the Clinton campaign with lying to the FBI. But And then, of course, we know also that Igor Danchenko, the man who was the primary source for Christopher Steele's highly flawed dossier, he's been charged. The question is, will others in that world also be charged? We don't know yet. But we certainly need to get that question. And then beyond the Clinton campaign, will there be more accountability in the FBI world? Will those who forwarded, approved, submitted information to the FISA court that we now know to be false and to the Congress, which we now know to be false, will they be held to greater account or is the retirements, firings, Other things that occurred a couple of years ago and the IG's shame, the only thing that comes. I think a lot of people are watching that in our confidence in the FBI, our confidence in the judicial system. The Justice Department may rest in large part on that question, a very important question that we all need to answer. A fourth one that I think is important. So we've got the economy, we've got John Durham, we've got the pandemic. A fourth one is... How much more consequence will we have from an open border? We have heard in recent weeks that some people with terrorist ties were caught at the border. We have been told um, repeatedly by people that have the expertise and used to run the Customs and Border Protection Agency that we're so porous that bad people have gotten into this country almost certainly. And then, of course, we're seeing cases like one in Virginia recently where a kidnapping was occurred by an illegal alien, we've seen some murders, one in Florida, a very tragic one. All these perpetrated by illegal aliens allowed into the country. The question is, how much more will this, the consequences of an open border be felt in America? And is it enough to create a backlash? Is it enough to force the Biden administration to tighten up? Will they go back to the Remain in Mexico policy where they continue to do the rope-a-dope and fight it? And two, will there be greater rebellions in cities and in states that have been sanctuaries for illegal aliens, that have been quick to release felonious actors so that they can commit more crimes, like we saw in Milwaukee when the future Waukesha massacre suspect was released on such a low bail that it was laughable if it weren't tragic. That is a big question. The border and its impact on crime, the economy, national security, terrorism, counterterrorism. those are a big question that have to be answered And then finally, I think the state of America's education system, a system that was so profoundly frustrating to Virginians that they switched their state from blue to red. They rejected Terry McAuliffe, the Democrat, and hired a first-time Republican candidate named Glenn Youngkin for governor. Will the critical race theory, the equity learning, the 1619 Project, will those continue to make gains or will parents and members of Congress and lawmakers and legislators and governors beat that back and stop that? The epic fight for control of the curriculum in schools will carry into this year. And the question is, which side will prevail? Will it be those who want critical race theory, equity learning in the 1619 project, or will it be those who want the 1776 curriculum and more fact-based education rather than ideological this is a debate that will play out and our answer will come certainly by the 2022 election but i think we will get glimpses and answers all through the process and i think that that's important and of course finally i'll throw in the sixth one because it is the question that will dominate the election who will be in control of congress at the end of the year will it be democrats heading into another two years of control Will we have a split ticket, Republican House, Senate Democrat controlled? Or will we have an all Republican Congress that can resist some of Joe Biden's policies? The answer is, we don't know. And anyone who thinks the polls are decisive now, let me tell you, polls change time and time again. We're far too early to know the true outcome. And anyone who is giddy and overconfident now does so at the expense of their common sense in their future and the election. A lot of events are going to transpire this year. A lot of changes could occur if the pandemic dies down. Democrats could get a break. Redistricting, as I mentioned earlier on. Elections are certainly historically in favor of Republican. Polls are currently in favor of Republicans. But a lot more history must unfold before we know the answer to that. But knowing who's in control of Congress in 2023, one of the most important questions of the year that will be answered as well. All right, folks, I think that is my take on where we are today in the big questions that need to be answered in 2022. Happy New Year. Thank you for joining us tomorrow tune in. You do not want to miss my interview with Brad Raffzenberger. Big news, big revelations, and a frank discussion about the state of election laws in the state of Georgia. Check that out. It's worth it. We'll be here tomorrow for a great interview and some news. Until then, may God bless you, and may God bless his extraordinary country, the United States, as he always has. You've been listening to John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News.